Welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries podcast, where we strive to provide great preaching and teaching so that listeners will discover or rediscover the goodness, truth, and beauty of our Catholic faith. If you are interested in supporting the work we are doing, visit us at drybonespgh.org or follow us on social media at drybonespgh. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you are inspired, uplifted, and encouraged. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Dry Bones Ministries special podcast series on the Litany of Trust. My name is Father Adam Potter, and today we have made it to day 15. And I don't know if you are having this experience as you go through the book, but it just seems like Sister Faustina, day after day, gets better and better. And um, maybe that's just objectively true, or I don't know, I'm also experiencing it as compounding one day after the next after the next and uh, she described early on I've kind of referenced it several times about that threshold that trust threshold expanding expanding and I don't know I just kind of get excited as we move through here through this litany and um, go deeper and deeper this so that you know is a really interesting day we've come to this halfway point day 15 and in her litany, she was inspired to, for the first 15 petitions, have our responses be, deliver me, Jesus. You probably (laughs) recognize that already as you've been doing this now for 15 days. Um, But then she switches to from the, these different fears or negative emotions or negative experiences, uh, then switching to this positive and the response will be, Jesus, I trust in you, which is really profound. And I'll talk more about this in the next episode. But to appreciate, to be free to trust so that we can love the Lord, we really need to, on the one hand, have the freedom from our chains, our sins, our bad habits, our negative thoughts. We need freedom from these different things so that we can be free for something, ultimately for someone, for Jesus. So, yeah, that is the movement of this entire litany, the freedom from these evil things, sins, fears, negative emotions, to the freedom for trusting in the Lord, believing in Him, accepting His His love and um his plans, and everything else. So, yeah, just so we can appreciate that before we dive into this day 15. This is, uh, I don't know, close to my heart. Why? Well, here's the petition. From discouragement, deliver me, Jesus. This is really close to my heart for a a lot of different reasons. Um, Maybe one, I know that I can be really critical on myself and the expectations that I have and how I want to accomplish great things, which I'm grateful for. I mean, I think that comes from my, a lot from my family, a lot from the way that I was raised and this society too, that really offers us this, right? That you can have it all. You can achieve it. You can succeed it as long as you work hard enough and and don't give up. So I kind of have that drilled into me. I'm, I'm also highly critical too of myself. And so this idea of discouragement is something that I've experienced intensely in different moments, and it can be really hard on myself. 
this topic is really close to my heart too, because in our world, how easy is it to compare ourselves to other people? And it's so easy in, in looking at how other people look, how they're doing, how they're performing, that we start to compare and we can just be so discouraged in seeing maybe the apparent ease with which others are succeeding or maybe the apparent difficulty that we're having in doing the exact same thing. Um, and that can just be really difficult. Another reason this topic is so close to my heart is because the faith is so difficult. It it just is. To, to believe in a God that you cannot see with your own eyes, that you cannot hear with your own ears, that you cannot touch with your own fingers, um, well, that's not totally true. I'll save room for the the sacraments and, and the Eucharist, but for for all intents and purposes, right? Like this the, this belief that we're called to demands incredible trust and especially perseverance to really stick with it. And and so it, I just know in my own journey in the faith, it's very difficult, or sorry, it's very easy to become discouraged. Because I'm putting in all this effort, I'm putting in all this time, I'm reading all of these books, and I'm seeking to grow in virtue, and I just fall again and again and again. And so I really appreciate how in our faith, there is so much need for encouragement. Unfortunately, I think there's not enough, nearly, not nearly enough encouragement. So we should then be encouraged, this might be a... (laughs) tough podcast to find some different vocabulary for all of this encouragement and discouragement. Um, They're opposites, right? So anyway, sorry, Um, podcast problems. You you have in, in the New Testament especially, it's really fascinating. Paul, time and time again, writes these letters of encouragement, of encouragement, right? Here's Paul talking to the Ephesians 6, 22, about, um, I've sent him to you for this purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts, right? Here's Paul sending this individual to encourage the community at Ephesus. And then in Philippians 2, he's trying to encourage them in Christ through a life of humility. In Colossians, he's writing to them that their hearts may be encouraged as they're knit together in love to have all the riches of assured understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery of Christ. To the Colossians, um, again, he writes that they might know how he's doing and that their hearts might be encouraged. To the Thessalonians, this is beautiful. He says, for you know how, like a father with, with his children, We exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you, right? So here Paul really takes on as an apostle himself, this fatherly position to encourage his children. How beautiful, how beautiful. Here's the thing. It's not lost on me that Paul himself needed a lot of encouragement. One of my favorite characters in the scriptures, um, he comes up in the Acts of the Apostles, a lot is Barnabas. His name literally means son of encouragement. I pray for um, Barnabas's intercession a lot that I too may be a, a son of encouragement and just kind of live that out. You know, to lift people up right now because it's it's hard in the faith. It's hard in our church. It's hard in our 
world. It's hard in our politics, economy. It's hard in our families. It's hard in our relationships. And so this Barnabas figure comes in to be a son of encouragement. Just if you don't know about Barnabas, um, if you would spend some time reading in the Acts of the Apostles, he's amazing. He's am- we wouldn't have St. Paul if it wasn't for Barnabas. And that's not exaggeration. Right after um, Paul has his conversion on the road to Damascus, he starts preaching um, in these different places and people start to hear about him. But when it comes to the community in Jerusalem, they're really skeptical because they know that here is one who is persecuting, imprisoning, and murdering Christians. And that all of a sudden they're hearing rumors about Paul had a conversion. They in their mind are thinking, maybe it's all a trap. How do we know? And so they hear that Paul is not far off and they send Barnabas to go and check it out. Now think about this, right? Like no one wanted that position to like, I'm going to go and test if this conversion is authentic. Um, if you don't hear from me in a little bit, you'll know that it wasn't authentic and <laughs> run or like protect yourselves. So here Barnabas takes this great act of faith to go and to investigate Paul when no one else wanted to. Huh? Encouragement to Paul. Do you think Paul was discouraged in those moments? Here, I've, I've had this conversion. I've been praying. I've been fasting and trying to figure this out. And I just want to come in contact with the successors of the apostles who knew Jesus and so that I might start over and have a mission. And I can't even get in touch with them. And Barnabas comes and brings them to the, the council there in Jerusalem. There are so many other instances of, of Barnabas going out with Paul. And when you read the Acts of the Apostles, it's implicit Uh, in a lot of places, but pretty clear that Paul was a tough one to get along with. There are a lot of people who are with Paul and then they leave. Um, Now John comes on the scene and and then he leaves the company of of Paul. He, He doesn't seem to be a very easy person to get along with. And Barnabas stands by his side and continues to encourage him and encourage him. Ah, where do we need encouraged? Where do we need encouraged in our own lives? Where do we need to be reminded of who we are, of what God is doing in our life, to really be lifted up and to renounce some of the lies and, uh, and temptations to look at our own evaluation of our progress based on ourselves versus on God and who he is and how present he is to us in our, in our lives. I think Sister Faustina just really captures it. And so I wanted to read these two paragraphs. It starts on the bottom of page 93 and then goes to 94. She says, discouragement happens because we want to be in a better place than we find ourselves. And while that sounds noble, it stems from what we all battle, pride. Humble people are not surprised or deterred by their weaknesses because they know that they are but limited creatures before God. They also know that God knows and loves them all the while. They live in the confidence that Jesus saves. Therefore, discouragement is not trusting that Jesus is who he is, my Savior. Instead, the discouraged heart proclaims that it is its own Savior. Understandably, in this perspective, we become quite deflated 
because we are significantly underqualified. Well, that really captures it, huh? First of all, about this discouragement. When we want to be in a better place than we find ourselves, this can be um, really difficult. And whether that's in our own progress, in our own careers, in our own work, maybe in relationships. Have you ever just really tried to work on a relationship, work on a relationship, try to get someone to, to go to church or to change their behavior or their lifestyle, maybe trying to reconcile with someone and pursuing and pursuing, and there can just be no apparent change. And that can just be so hard. And we can think that we're a failure or it's not worth it. And here Sister Faustina says something really challenging. And I I don't know. I'd love to hear if you would disagree with it. This all stems from pride. Because humble people are not surprised or deterred by their weaknesses or their or recognizing their limitations before God. So that whenever we consider, yeah, a relationship that we're working on, maybe it's just a, a relationship that we're trying to grow in, a friendship. And we just realize, oh, I'm not able to dedicate as much of myself as I really want, or I'm not able to be as open with this person as I really want, or I'm not able to listen, receive, or love this person as I really want. And, and I've tried time and time again, and it still falls into frustration, and they're frustrated, and we just can't seem to break over this hump, and it's like, hmm. <laughs> Where am I putting my trust? Like, you know, my trust, my, my belief in that, in the power that, the power that gives me the, the ability to grow in this relationship. Me, like I'm putting, I'm putting the trust in myself to be able to do this and to make this happen. When, meanwhile, the truly humble person recognizes it's God who does this. It's God who opens up the hearts and allows for growth in authentic relationships of love. Um, same thing with reconciliations or conversions. If, if a loved one that we have is going to convert, if a person that we've fallen away from is ever going to be reconciled with us, it will be because of God's grace, God's mercy, infinitely more than it will be because of our effort. Now, you and I are important. We really are. We like God needs us in God's incredible, creative, infinite love. He allows us to participate in these healings, reconciliations. But uh, it's, it's him. It's him. It's the power of the Holy Spirit to make this happen so that we might have the confidence in who Jesus is much more than we, we could uh, be discouraged and how how limited and weak you and I are. So we need to be encouraged. We need to be encouraged, especially when it comes to temptations. Uh, I found this paragraph on page 94, a really, really insightful contribution to looking at a very, very real area of discouragement yeah, and it just, it just comes to like our relationship with God and falling back into sin again and again. And that she, yeah, that she invites us to reconsider temptations from the right perspective. 
And to really take to heart that if you and I experience temptations, it's because of our goodness that we're tempted. That the evil one would not come after us if we weren't good, if we weren't worthy of being tempted. Um, It's also been said, and I think rightfully so, that the evil one isn't interested in us if we are totally given over to the way of hedonism, licentiousness, uh, and secularism, right? Like if, if we have re- completely rejected God and are not living from, the devil isn't going to come and tempt us because he already has us. But if we set our hearts for God, then be prepared for temptations. And God allows this so that our hearts might be purified. But <laughs> that we wouldn't be discouraged from these temptations or even um, being bombarded with them or even falling, right? In our humility, we recognize, yeah, I need the Lord and I need a Savior. So in those moments, we have a great way to show God that we love him. And it's in resisting those temptations. To choose God there, says Sister Faustina, where I feel no benefit for myself at that moment, and to do it for him alone is real love. How honored he is to be loved by us in that occasion. Jesus himself, as I've said before, and I think uh, should be a real source of encouragement for us, is glorious in the way that he never calls us to something that he himself is not willing to do himself and to pave the way for. This, in a very real way, is the path of salvation. That Jesus, by completely entrusting his heart to the Father, gives us that ability to follow him in abandoning our hearts to the the heavenly father. So as we go through temptations in this life, Jesus Christ goes out into the desert to be tempted himself by the devil. Um, An insight into this is that we know that Jesus, true God and true man, does not sin. And so that he would undergo these intense temptation for these 40 days and 40 nights teaches us something really important that temptation in themself in itself is not sinful temptation in itself is not sinful just to have the temptation now there are different levels though right what our response to that temptation is then can bring us into sin for for instance if we engage it or entertain that temptation in our our mind, in our imagination, then we fall into sin. But just to have it proposed is not a sin. If we not only entertain it, but then give into it, act on it, then that is a serious, more serious level of sin. So here's Jesus, right? What are the, what's the core of the temptations that, that he experiences? It's doubting his identity. Isn't it amazing how it all comes back to this? Our identity, who we are, and that the the devil goes after his identity as the beloved son of the father. If you are the son of God, says Satan, implying that because Jesus is experiencing difficult things, he surely does not have a father who cares about him. Have you ever experienced this? Now, this is a serious temptation, uh, a serious temptation um, that is truly 
demonic to make us think that because we're experiencing all of these temptations being bombarded, that God surely couldn't love us or care about us. And so that we might make these acts of faith is so important. The invitations for this day is, um, I feel like I'm struggling with my grammar. The invitations for this day are are so, so good. And to really um, point you to the first invitation, I think is a a great place to to start and spend some time. But yeah, yeah, with, with all of these. Sister Faustina asks in the first one, where's the wilderness of my own heart? The wilderness of my own heart where I live thinking I have no father. Right? Where I come to experience these different uh, moments of discouragement. These different places in my life where I keep trying, I keep pursuing the Lord and, and I keep falling again and again and again. And the 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 invitation that she proposes is really in these moments to not only renounce these lies, but also to make acts of faith. St. John Vianney says, He who, when tempted, makes the sign of a cross with devotion, makes hell tremble and heaven rejoice. The simple sign of a cross, right? Made with devotion, made with real faith. And these moments of temptation bring about an onslaught of grace, especially holy water and other sacramentals, holding a crucifix or a rosary. It's not magic. It's not superstition, but these are acts of faith. And these sacramentals are ways that the Lord has given us um, reminders of how close he is to us in these moments of temptation. One last moment of encouragement from St. Paul. There's a a great moment where Paul is going around and he's preaching, he's preaching, and he just gets rejected again and again and again in this one city. <clears throat> this one city that he comes up against uh, is so enraged by his message that they end up taking him out of the town and stoning him almost to the point of death and then take it back a notch. They, they actually left him thinking that he was dead. Like that's how far Paul was stoned. And then his disciples come and grab him, um, pick him up, and they're about to, to take, him a, a take him away uh, just to rest. It's like, Paul, it's, it's, it's over. Like you got to regroup, regain your health. And he says, on to the next city. And they go into this next city. And of course, Barnabas is right there. And they, they go to, to Derby, And it says in Acts 14, verse 20. But when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and entered the city. When they had preached the gospel to that city of Derby, and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying that, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Oh, I, I get chills thinking about what Paul must have looked like as he said that. I mean, were his clothes still all beat up, bloodstained? Was his body still bruised from head to toe from 
being stoned almost to the point of death and and here beaten and bruised and bloody and maybe broken bones i don't know that he says to strengthen the souls of those disciples there it's necessary to go through many tribulations to enter the kingdom of god Here's Paul offering this word of encouragement to you and to me, wherever you're at in your faith, wherever you're at in your journey in this, even maybe in this retreat, that maybe you're not seeing many results of trust, or maybe you're not feeling like you're, you're growing at all. And um, I don't know, maybe still it, it can be hard mentally to kind of wrap your mind about around what God is doing or what he's really inviting you to and, and this too can be a source of discouragement in the midst of what we're talking about. And that we might not forget that in this fallen world, there will be suffering and there will be tribulations. And, and that's because of our own sinfulness that we um, and our first parents and our parents throughout the generations have failed to truly trust in God the Father and his goodness and the way that he desires to um, teach us and lead us through this life. So that we might not be afraid of the tribulations, that we might not be afraid of the difficult results or the lack of progress or not being where we think we're supposed to be or not comparing to where other people are. Stop it. (laughs) That we might set our eyes on the cross and just see in the, the love that Jesus Christ has for us and the ways that he continued to make these acts of faith, continuing to make these acts of trust, abandoning himself to the Father, that we might be encouraged to allow that loving gaze of Jesus Christ, the witness of St. Paul and all of the different saints who have gone before us to strengthen us and to encourage us to keep trusting and to keep making these acts of faith. So wherever you're at right now, let's make an act of faith right now as we pray this litany of trust. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Litany of Trust From the belief that I have to earn your love, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that I am unlovable, deliver me, Jesus. From the false security that I have what it takes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that trusting you will leave me more destitute, deliver me, Jesus. From all suspicion of your words and promises, deliver me, Jesus. From the rebellion against childlike dependency on you, deliver me, Jesus. From refusals and reluctances in accepting your will, deliver me, Jesus. From anxiety about the future, deliver me, Jesus. From resentment or excessive preoccupation with the past, deliver me, Jesus. From restless self-seeking in the present moment, deliver me, Jesus. From disbelief in your love and presence, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being asked to give more than I have, deliver me, Jesus. From the belief that my life has no meaning or worth, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of what love demands, deliver me, Jesus. From discouragement, deliver me, Jesus. That you are continually holding me, sustaining me, loving me. Jesus, I trust in you. That your love goes deeper than my sins and failings and transforms me. Jesus, I trust in you that not knowing what tomorrow brings is an invitation to lean on you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are with me in my suffering. Jesus, I trust in you. That my suffering united to your own will bear fruit in this life and the next. 
Jesus, I trust in you, that you will not leave me orphan, that you are present in your church. Jesus, I trust in you, that your plan is better than anything else. Jesus, I trust in you, that you always hear me and in your goodness always respond to me. Jesus, I trust in you, that you give me the grace to accept forgiveness and to forgive others. Jesus, I trust in you, that you give me all the strength I need for what is asked. Jesus, I trust in you, that my life is a gift. Jesus, I trust in you, that you will teach me to trust you. Jesus, I trust in you, that you are my Lord and my God. Jesus, I trust in you, that I am your beloved one. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode. To learn more about Dry Bones Ministries, events, and initiatives, and to support this podcast, go to drybonespgh.org. Thanks, and God bless you.